Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale, and this week I'm sitting down and talking with Sal from Sal's Pizzeria and Restaurant out in Baldwinsville. Well, I'm thrilled to have Sal on the podcast today. I, I believe I've reached out a couple times and just never locked anything down. And, you know, it's a great timing to have him on because Sal's Pizzeria is part of Baldwinsville Dining Weeks. And that's kicking off here on Monday, January 29th. Um, I think it's Monday. Yeah, it is Monday, January 29th. I can't believe January is already over. Uh, but it's kicking off this coming Monday, the 29th, going until February 11th. Two weeks, 16 restaurants are participating. Everybody's offering a different discount or offer. And uh, most of them, most of the restaurants out there are doing like a three course dinner for $30. There's places like, you know, uh, Beeville Diner, who's doing as a lunch option that comes with an order of poutine and two cheeseburgers. And, anyways, it's a great thing. I've, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of it. Now, all you, all six years, Jeff Rogers really put this thing together back in 2018, and every year I offer up my services and uh, and uh, volunteer my time to help take some pictures and, and put together the website and all that kind of stuff. And, and every year they find a different food service company or companies to help sponsor it and uh, and pay for a lot of the advertising, like the Facebook ads and whatnot. But anyways, this year it's sponsored by uh, Rinzi and U.S. Foods and JFS. Um, so anyways, it's a great time to have Sal on the podcast and uh, get to know a little bit more about him. I had no idea that the guy uh, was born in Sicily and, you know, his family moved here to, you know, America. And so it's uh, it's really wild. You know, getting to know, one thing that I've, I've learned, if there's anything I've learned over the last eight, nine, ten years, however long I've been doing this, if there's anything I've learned, it is as I get to know the people behind these restaurants and the people behind the food, people who are in the kitchen, I have such a much better appreciation for what they're producing than I did before. And so, you know, today is no exception. Getting to know Sal and getting to know his family history and where he's from and his experiences gives me a much greater appreciation uh, for his food and for his pizza when I go in there now than, than I would have had last year. So really had a great time chatting with him. And, uh, you know, if you haven't been out to Sal's, definitely get out there and check it out. They just did these wonderful renovations, added, expanded their dine, their, you know, their whole bar. I mean, if you've been out to Sal's and been in their dining room, it's a completely different experience now. Beautiful new addition, beautiful bar, really just great, bright. Um, great. It's a great, bright, like little dining room, a bar that they have set up there now. Uh, just absolutely gorgeous. Redid their dining room and uh, everything just looks great. They do such a great job out there, and uh, I was just out there yesterday or the day before taking some pictures and for uh, Baldwin's Old Dining Weeks, and so, yeah, definitely worth the drive out to Beeville if you're not from there to go check them out. I've got to say, you know, uh, I was on News Channel whatever this morning with Brandon Roth and uh, out there talking for his live segment about Baldwin's Old Dining Weeks, and one of the things I said to Brandon, and I've said it to a lot of people, I've never seen a community quite like Beeville. I mean, I've been I've traveled over the last year and a half specifically from Buffalo to Brooklyn, worked with restaurants all over the state of New York. I've worked in plenty of communities and neighborhoods here in, in central New York in the restaurant scene. I have never seen a restaurant group 
like the one in Baldwinsville. They all work together to support each other, to help each other out, to provide information. I'm a part of the text group with all of the owners or the majority of the owners in Baldwinsville. And if there's something happening, power outage, water lines, whatever the case is, they're all in there texting each other, updates, what's going on. Somebody's having a hard time. They all jump in and help each other out. It's amazing. And not just that, but then they all plan these events and these parties from, you know, the Taste of Beeville, which is, you know, helped sponsored by the chamber and um, the big chill that's going on this weekend. And they do like a chowder cook off. And I mean, the margarita, all this different stuff. And they all jump in there and just work together. Even like there isn't any uh, exclusions to the group either. I mean, all of the restaurants, they all get the equal opportunity and all get to work together. And it is truly amazing to see such a community of, of really, at the end of the day, competitors. Because, you know, if you've been to Baldwinsville, it's a tiny, tiny area. And there's so many restaurants. And there's like 22 restaurants, if not more, in Baldwinsville. They're all competing for the same customers, but yet they all work together. It's just, it's absolutely amazing uh, to see. So... Um, I'm so thrilled to be a part of whatever I can be out there helping out with Baldwinsville Dining Weeks and thrilled to have uh, to have Sal here on the podcast today. Um, I, I want to talk about our sponsor, and that is Brown Carbonic. Brown Carbonic, wonderful family-owned and operated business right here in Syracuse, New York, who, you know, their tagline is they put the fizz in your biz. Well, what does Brown Carbonic do? Well, so many different things. I really don't want to waste well, I don't want to talk about all of them and, and, and have you forget about the one that you need. So the two really important things that they do, everything they do is important, but the two really important things they do, mixed gases, nitrogen, CO2 for your draft beer system, for your brewery, they are your go-to. Craft sodas and beverages, listen to me. I'm going to be really blunt. I get, I be, I've been getting really really aggravated with this. Every time I do this intro, I have to like cool down. My blood pressure rises. I get so energized thinking about this, thinking about the restaurant owner that's listening to this, the local restaurant owner who's listening to this, who's buying their sodas from Coke or Pepsi. It infuriates me. And here's why. When you spend your money at a local business here in central New York, here in Onondaga County, the majority of the tax dollars stay here in our community. They go to provide services that all of us need as residents of Onondaga County. They go to help with trash pickup. They go to help with paving roads and, and you know employing government workers and all of these different things. Okay, When you spend your money at national companies, more of your tax dollars leave Onondaga County. And they go to the headquarters of those massive companies. What does that mean? If you are purchasing from Coke or Pepsi, need I dare I say it, you're hurting Central New York. You're hurting on Onondaga County. I said it. You can get over it if that upset you. The fact remains, when you buy from companies like Brown Carbonic, you are helping Onondaga County. So Brown Carbonic... Reach them at 315-454-3591. Nitrogen, CO2 for your draft beer system. More importantly, craft sodas and beverages that they make right here in Syracuse. Family recipes that they have developed 
three generations back, still offered today. Not to mention, they make the best tasting root beer I've ever had in my life. Reach out to them today, 315-454-3591. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Sal from Sal's Pizza and Restaurant in Baldwinsville. Sweet. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Yeah. So well, how did you get started in food? I mean, well, actually, let me start with how long have you guys had Sal's in Beeville? So we opened uh, February 5th of 2002. This February to be 22 years. I've wow. Been well. Holy cow. Yeah. What is that like to have a restaurant that's been around for 22 years? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, all kinds of different emotions, you know, um, um, joyful sometimes, stressful sometimes. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it's, uh, rewarding at times. Um, you, you know, it's, it's like my, my, my kids have grown up in Baldwinsville now and, yeah. uh, that's my longest tenure town. I, I was actually born overseas. Oh, really? Yeah. Military family? No, no. Just, uh, born in Palermo, Sicily. Kind of okay. parents came over for a better opportunity. Wow. And, uh, we, you know, my dad was electrician by trade. But uh, he, he wasn't licensed when he came over, so he got in the pizza business out of, um, you know, out of, I'll say desperation, but something that uh, hmm. it's like what Italians come over and do, right? <laughs> Italians come over and either cooked or uh, in the trades, right? Yeah. Um, and so he got in the food business, and I kind of fell in love with it when I was 10 hmm. and started making pizza when I was 11, and uh, here I am at yeah. you know, 40-something years later. That's wild. Yeah. Hmm. Crazy, right? Were they, did they go to the north side? They didn't. We actually moved to Jersey. Oh, okay. Yep. So we're in uh, Elmwood Park, New Jersey. Yeah. And uh, so I came over, and then we, we came over to upstate in 90. Okay. Uh, we opened up DeRider. Okay. New York was just yeah. pizza there. Still there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's why, same family or different owners? Different owners now. Okay. My parents have since gotten out of it. Uh, that was about 10 years ago. Okay. And I kind of branched off on my own and uh, opened up Baldwinsville in 2002. That's wild. Yeah. All right. So, all right. So you're born in Sicily. Yep. How old were you when you came, when they came I over? I was eight years old. Eight years old. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's that like? I mean, what? It's, the, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's different. You know, the, the culture <laughs> is way different. Um, but you know, we're a very tight family. Um, so, you know, it's, we just stuck it out. I mean, it was, uh, you know, Sicily's beautiful. I mean, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but there's no, there's lack of opportunity there, mm. right? It's just, it's a very small island. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to go up north, I guess we could have immigrated up north, but my mm. dad had a brother here in the United States. Okay. So um, kind of tend to, you know, gravitate towards family and, you know, here we are. Yeah. Do you have, do you have like memories? I mean, eight years old, you sure got to have, yeah, of yeah. living in Sicily? I do. Um, did you speak English when you moved over here? I did not. Wow. I'm, I'm As, completely fascinated yeah, by this so right now. <laughs> English is my second language. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So eight years old, coming over to Jersey. Yep. Um, maybe not too far of a cry, right? No, no, no. There's a lot of Italians in Jersey, uh, yeah. especially North Jersey. Yeah. Uh, and actually a lot of, uh, you know, immigrants and first generation Italians. Hmm. Um, so my, my friends, you know, when I came over... Most of them understood mm-hmm. Italian or spoke it. Yeah. I think of uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, right? You know, the big serial entrepreneur and, 
you know, marketing guy and, you know, his family is from Belarus and they, you know, he was, I forget how old he was, you know, his famous story is they were like, he was four or five years old when they moved to Jersey mm-hmm. and, um, you know, from communist Russia and his parents, I don't think spoke any English and they all lived in like family of four or five lived in a one bedroom apartment and his dad wound up opening up a liquor store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got friends, um, friends of mine who live in, in Brewerton now, but uh, Giovanna Bortoloni, I think that's her last name. Uh, her parents, you know, same thing. They moved over from Italy. So, you know, she's first generation, you know, uh, Italian-American. And it's wild to still think that, like, it's wild to, f- to meet somebody like yourself from a country like Italy that's, you know, first generation. Actually, you're not I'm even not, first. I'm yeah, not. my kids you're are. Not, your kids are. My kids that's are. Wild. I'm still an immigrant. That's crazy. <laughs> but I am I am a United States citizen now. Yeah. I, I turned over when I was 18. I uh, okay. did that. So I have a United States passport. But, um, you know, my first um, home where I was born, you, you know, is, mm. is Italy. Yeah. Uh, we're actually going back in uh, summer 25. Okay. <clears throat> my kids, uh, my son's going to graduate that year. It's going to kind of be his uh, graduation present. That's cool. Kind of going away and show him, you know, cause we, we've been over, but he was, they were young. Okay. So hopefully they, they remember this trip. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you still have family over there? I do. Okay. My mom has uh, three siblings there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, I'm sure you know Mike from Via Napoli. Yeah. Mike yeah. I know, I know he is. Uh, not, never formally met, okay. but I, I know he is. Yeah. Mike is, um, He's got family in Naples, and uh, I think two years ago, two or three years ago, um, he was go. They go over him and his family go over every year for like a month or so, I believe. And um, he was he was posting about it on Facebook, and and we were texting back and forth, and there was like a, a, a split second there where I was going to try and go with them and like get some video footage mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, but really just used it as an excuse to go over to Italy for the first time. And I looked at tickets, and they, they were incredibly cheap. It was like a direct flight from JFK to Rome was $800. Yeah, that's not bad. What, uh, what time of year? That was, I think it was like January or February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's when uh, you, you start, you try to go in uh, August, uh-huh. they're double that. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. it's peak season. Gotcha, like. okay. But Naples is where pizza originated. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's wild. Fabulous. Yeah. Um, my, who just went, my brother, my brother and sister and brother and his, his wife just went for not too long ago for like 10 days. Um, and he's been a couple times, but, uh, yeah, I'd love to. So, you know, we're obviously Italian Tringali, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, my grandparents, my great grandparents were the first ones to come over. So my grandfather's from Sicily my grandmother's from Italy and, uh, but they, they were North siders, mm-hmm. you know, North side Italians. And they had a little shop over there for years and years, and then uh, Grandpa wound up going into like vending and jukeboxes and cigarette machines and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's wild. It's such a crazy story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, you come over for you, you know, um, <clears throat> Italian, most most Italians, but uh, when they come over, they come over with a purpose. You yeah, know, a purpose to uh, to kind of better their life, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I still feel like. The American dream is still possible. Yeah, you know, I mean, it it, it is for me. I'm I'm, I'm living it. Yeah, know? for sure. So. Yeah, I think that's you know, it's one thing I've learned. How old are you now? 
I'm 40, uh, 40, I'll be 49, uh, God Friday. Okay, wow. So close, yeah. Yeah. Close, getting up there. <laughs> Happy early birthday. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm 37, and if there's one thing I've learned, it's like, you know, it, you know, what is the American dream? Because I think a lot of us think it's like the, it's like the end result, like it's the success. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you start your business, you do whatever it is, right? And the American dream is like when you hit your goals. And mm-hmm. I don't think that is. I think the American dream is like kind of the struggle. You know, it's the hustle of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've had this now for this business for eight years and full time for, I think three. Mm-hmm. And I've just kind of learned the benefits of being a business owner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not always making a million dollars, which yeah. I haven't come anywhere close to <laughs> yet. Uh, but you know, my wife and I have got, you know, we've got our first son. He's 14 oh, gra- months. Congratulations. Thank man. you. And especially over that time, it's like it's realizing those benefits that come with being self-employed versus working for somebody else. I think that's kind of, you know, I think happiness is ultimately the American dream, whatever you're doing, right? Yeah, 100%. uh, Yeah, there's, you know, the 10 years, do you ever ever hear the 10-year success story? Uh-uh. You know, it takes, uh, you see a lot of people that are successful, but you didn't see the 10 years it took for them to get right. to get there. Yeah. Uh, or 20, you know, whatever yeah. it takes. But uh, <laughs> that's that's just, you know, there's a lot, a lot of those. Yeah. Overnight success, there, there isn't that much unless you win a lotto. Right. All right. Yeah. There isn't that much. It, it, it takes struggle in anything you do, I think, to, to ultimately get where you want. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, there's a uh, there's, uh, famous author, Donald Miller is his name. And the long, long story of it is he was, um, he had written all these really successful books and New York Times bestseller. And this, these two movie producers came to him and said, hey, we want to make, we want to turn your book into a movie. Well, the book was called Blue Like Jazz. It was sort of like a memoir for, you know, his life at that point. And so he said, all right, let's do it. Let's make, make the book into a movie. So for the next year, the two producers and and Don sat in his living room in Portland, and they would they were trying to take the book into a, a you know what would be a good script, right, a good movie script. And so as they're going through these different things from the book, they were like, well, maybe Don should work in a factory. Maybe he should do. Maybe he should find this girl that he really loves, and he should try and you know maybe this part of the movie is he's trying to get her to fall in love with them. And and as they're coming up with these suggestions, he's saying, yeah, but that's not what happened to me in the book or in my life. And they and there was like multiple nights of you know similar things, and finally they said, "Don, your life's just not that interesting. Like we have to we have to insert these sort of things to make it." And so he was kind of using that. He was using this framework of uh, what makes an interesting story, like an interesting movie, and trying to use that into your own life. And and he said, you know, one of his examples was if if there was a movie of your life that consisted of uh, boy wants ca- new car. Boy gets job at grocery store, stocking shelves at night to afford the down payment. Mm-hmm. And the end of the movie is boy drives off the car dealership lot in his new car. Mm-hmm. That's not an interesting movie. Like nobody's gonna, <laughs> nobody's right. going to go see that. Right. You know, it's the struggle that usually makes you know stories interesting. And uh, and that's true. I think that you know it's definitely true for life. You know, whatever you're trying to do. There's usually going to be, if it's worth it, there's going to be some sort of a struggle involved, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, I can't imagine that kind of a struggle though of like being a, a family. Were you were you an only child at the time? Or? I have a, uh, no, I have a sister. Okay, and uh, we came over. We're only thirteen months apart. Okay, so very close and yet very 
far apart, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's just, uh, but yeah, we, you know, um, coming coming over at eight, and she was seven. Hmm. Um, a lot of these, I, I still remember. Um, you know, we lived in uh, just a little apartment. It was hmm. a two bedroom apartment. Yeah. You know, uh, so my parents actually, what they did is they they made uh, their bedroom had a living room. Hmm. So you know, because boy and girl, so each of us could have our own bedroom. Oh wow. Yeah, still remember that. That's wild. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Have you talked to your parents about like, you know, what they remember from that time and, you know, their their perspective on it? Um Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I always uh uh they're very thankful, but uh they just they, they still say it's the best move uh that they ever made hmm. for for us, yeah, know, for them. Um it's just uh it's a different way of life. I, I mean, there's nothing wrong with. Obviously, there's a ton of people living there, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, and uh, you know their quality of life. I think per se might be better. Yeah, I mean the food is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's true organic. I mean, the, the right. flavors. I, if you've never been, you got to go yeah. and, and and experience mm-hmm. it for yourself. You, you really yeah. do. It's a must. Oh yeah. Um, but. Uh, and the climate's pretty good too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's face it. You yeah. Know, for sure. is, is, is sun, the sun shines. Uh, I'd say there's yeah, three sixty three hundred sixty five days. I'd say you bet about about three hundred days or three hundred thirty something days of sunshine. I mean, the that's sun's crazy. always shining. Yeah, that's wild. Um, and uh, that, that part's magnificent. I still remember as a kid hmm. uh, outside about about balcony because my grandfather built. Uh, He's the one that built a house. It was a four-story, so mm-hmm. he built each level for each kid. My he had three, uh, he had uh, a daughter and two sons. Okay, right, and and himself. So he built a four-story mm-hmm. pad. Um, mm. Each balcony. If you look outside of the balcony, you have mountain view. Mm. Wow, very. I mean, yeah. the views are spectacular. Yeah. Um, so, so that that part was all. You, you know, I remember mm. that. And when I've gone back, I'm just like I'm in awe. <laughs> you know, just looking at these. Uh, you know, it's like. It's a lot of people paid it to go see this stuff. Right? Oh. I, I, you know, I had it in my backyard, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was, you know, so that that part's awesome. Hmm. Um, but but I also remember, you know, not not having much. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, coming home, my dad, you know, he's an electrician, but struggled to get work or mm-hmm. you know, work for people that didn't pay hmm. because their right money's not right. It doesn't flow a lot. Yeah, you know, it's it's in the hands of a of a few and. Yeah. Sometimes a wrong few, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I think uh, you know to to get out and, and kind of come here, and uh, you know the opportunities are vast. Mm-hmm. And you do whatever you want here, you, you know. Mm. Um, there's so that that part that part is uh, is what we're thankful for. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's uh, it's very different to kind of have um, the opportunities that you know we as Americans have. And the amount, especially nowadays, like the the things that people can do to make money and to make even, you know, a lot of money, Um, you know, I mean, if you're if you're talented, if you if you, you know, put enough work into it, I mean, somebody could make, you know, a healthy living sitting in their bedroom with a camera and a microphone, you know, doing just just about anything. And honestly, you know, I was it's it's funny. I was talking to um, uh, there's. I was at a restaurant doing some photos not too long ago, and there was like, they let these like fifteen cops meet there every Monday. The restaurant's closed, mm-hmm. but they're in there prepping for the week. And these 
these police officers all come in and every Monday they have lunch there. And so I was sitting there that day taking pictures and talking to the officers and, and, um, there is there in out in Arizona, there's this police, the sheriff's department who started a YouTube channel and they hired a, a camera guy to like follow the officers around and make their own police, you know, like version of cops, but mm-hmm. it's not like aggressive. It's, it's a lot of, it's like traffic stops and that kind of stuff, but they've got millions of followers and, and it's taken off. And so one of the officers that was in this restaurant on Monday is retiring soon. And so we were all talking about, you know, what's he going to do and different ways to make money online, doing videos and all that kind of stuff. And, and so we were just talking and it's, relatively simple to go online and make $100,000 a year just making videos. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. relatively simple nowadays. And you know, that's not an opportunity that people in every country have. No. At all. Um, and the, you know, the easy access to the, you know, equipment here is just crazy. And especially how cheap it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's wild. Um, all right, so... Uh, so move from, you know, from Sicily to mm-hmm. North Jersey when you're eight years old mm-hmm. and then in the nineties come here to central New York mm-hmm. and, uh, and your parents had the pizza shop. Um, where did you say it was? Derider. Derider. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. South, uh, Southeast of Cortland. Yeah. What was that like going from Jersey oh, to Derider? Oh my God. Culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I just... I'm a chameleon. I, you know, I, I, I blend in yeah. any situation. I don't uh, freak out, right? This, yeah. This, but, um, you know, I made new friends, and uh, I went from playing football in Jersey mm-hmm. for a year to Derrida didn't have a football team. <laughs> Here it is. You, your option is soccer, track, um, learn how to swing a golf club. I yeah. Mean, these are, you know, yeah. um, learn how to hunt, mm-hmm. how to drive a four-wheeler, right? <laughs> I mean, these are things, yeah. these are life lessons that, you know, you can't learn. Every kid doesn't learn. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and it was uh, it was an experience, you know. So, you know, from 1990, actually 1990 or 91, so so it was a fall of 91, I went to school in DeRider, graduated in 94. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then I went to, to college, started out at Delhi, but... Um, so basically never looked back, you know, didn't live in Derrider for very long. Yeah. But uh, <clears throat> my parents were there till 10 years ago. That's wild. But, uh, you know, once I went to college, I just, I would come home for short periods of time and yeah. know, then I'd be out again. <laughs> yeah. There was, there isn't much there. Oh, you know, no, no, It's a small little town, but, but a cool little town. Yeah. It's uh, really, you know, so I have fond memories of Derrider and always will be in my heart and, hmm. you know, and, um, you know, there's still customers that, that come from Derrider. To Baldensville. Oh, that's cool. Just because they, you know, they remember us. So, yeah. pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, I, you know, I've got to ask you kind of the obvious question, mm-hmm. and that is, what do you, th- what do you think about Italian food oh, in love- Syracuse, in Central I, New York? I, I think, you know, it's there's a lot of good Italian food in Central New York. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a lot. You know, there's I could probably name ten solid restaurants that have that have great Italian food. Yeah. Um, and it's all Depends on what your palate's looking for, right? Yeah. Um, some sauces are sweeter, mm-hmm. right? Some are a little more savory. Some have a little more spice. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, I think Central uh, New York has a pretty vast and solid uh, Italian uh, f- 
food restaurant scene. You know, I really I'm, do. I'm shocked to hear you say that, yeah. Sal. I gotta be honest. I, I thought you thought I would. You thought I would say that. Yeah, I, no. Yeah. I think they're they're pretty solid. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I I you know. Um, I can't. I mean, listen. What can I say? You were, you know, fucking born there. I yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, even yeah, been. Yeah. Um, it's, it's way different. Yeah, it's, it's way different. Right. You know, it's. Um, how could I say it? It's like you know, when you go to Italy, I mean, it's true organic. The, the, the yeah. flavors are they're way different. I mean, it's just right. It's, it's that's you can't really compare Italy to. Central to Central, New York. No, no, you can't no. at all. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But. But if you take Central New York and we say we go to, I mean, Jersey, even Jersey's tough because there's so many Italians, right? Yeah. But if we go west, mm-hmm. oh, for let's, sure. Let's go to Ohio, for example. Yeah. I mean, Central New York's like the Mecca, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, you know yeah. so there's, so it depends on what you're comparing it to, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think Central New York does, you know, a lot of Italians came over and, yeah. Um, and I think they do a pretty good job with Italian food here. Yeah. I used to live in uh, Central Texas near Austin, and yeah, it's, I mean, living there and then trying to find anything resembling, you know, our Italian food here, it doesn't it's, exist. It's canned sauce. And yeah. They don't know what, they, that's, that's, barbecue. Right. If you want barbecue, you go to Texas, right? Yeah. You're not sure. going to Texas for Italian food. No, not at all. I'm sure there's like some big, you know, Dallas, maybe there's like one or two, sure. you know, people who know what they're doing, but um, I, I don't know, the, the thing that... You know, has always I shouldn't say. Well, the thing has probably always bothered me, and it bothers me with like Mexican food also. Is, um, you know, the word authentic, uh, because Italy is a large country, right? And yeah. there's going to be a completely different style of food in North Italy versus South Italy. One hundred percent correct. And so when people are like, hey, we have Italian food, and it's, you know, it's like, it's a lot of, you know, parms, right? You know, chicken parm, veal parm, this, that, and the other. It's like, well, is it the entire country? You know? (laughs) Um, And so that's one thing I loved about Amano, you know, Mm -hmm. when Alex and Lauren were here. Great place. I'm kind of missing. I know. Um, But yeah, that, they, uh, they have, you know, they have a little bit of everything, and they did a great, Anthony, who, who I know, and. Yeah. Um, was actually ran Avicoldi's. Yeah, right. For a long time. Um, another great place. Yeah. Um, and uh, they just, you know, he, he's, he's, he knows what he's doing. Oh, for sure. And, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what happened, but I think one of the sons moved away. Yeah. They, so, so Alex, Alex, the older son, <clears throat> and his fiance, um, Lauren, uh, you know, they're both, they, they were in, they were working with like Mark Vetri in Philadelphia mm-hmm. and they lived in Italy for, uh, I want to say it was a year, but now I'm like questioning if that, if it was that long, but anyways, you know, they spent a considerable amount of time in Italy, um, you know, eating and learning and, you know, in a mono, they were hand making every single pasta, Yeah, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, one of the best focaccias. And then before the pandemic, they had this thing they would do, uh, was it Markowitz Deli? And they would do like these lunch pop-ups and um, Lauren would make pastrami that it was like you're sitting in New York City. It was like, you know, you're back in Cats. I mean, just phenomenal everything. And, you know, yes, Anthony and the entire Fiaki family, they're like, if there's if there's like the shining example of hospitality, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. the Fiaki family yeah. without question. Yeah. Noah makes f- absolutely phenomenal pizzas. Yep, he does. Um, 
you know, so they they they're still a f- wonderful restaurant, and I'd say top three in Syracuse without question, and like downtown, um, uh, but just not 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 exactly the same, you know, with some with some of the other stuff. But uh, but yeah, still phenomenal restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, but so with you know with Alex and Lauren, like you would see, like hey, you know, in the winter we're gonna be featuring um, cauliflower pastas, mm-hmm. you know, like they would shift seasonally yeah, and they would time. even shift like different regions of Italy with their menu. They would. You know, and that's the only that's one of the only places I've ever seen that like does that when it's, you know, hey, we're an Italian restaurant. I think that's what separated them. I think that's what that what's what made them unique yeah. from from the other, you know, Italian restaurants in, in the area. Yeah. Um yeah, the other ones I mean including ourselves, we just you know, we stick with what we know. Mhm. Right? Yeah. We try to do it as best as we can, as consistent as we can and right. and uh you know, we feature we feature specials, right? Every restaurant features specials, yeah. and you try to kind of go outside the norm with those. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's you know, I think it's what uh, most well, every restaurant that I know sticks with what what they know and what they do well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that's all. That's the best when you find somebody who's like, "Hey, this is what we do. This is what we do really well," and we're not going to venture from that. Um, that's when you get some of the best food, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I'm being biased, but. You know, I think your customers get used to that, right? Right. Um, they, they, they develop a flavor for your for your food, and mm-hmm. they come back for they expect the same thing over yeah. and over again. Hmm. Um, what made McDonald's so successful? Yeah. Even though McDonald's food, let's just face <laughs> it, isn't that good for you. Yeah. Um, but you know what you're going to get <clears throat> no matter what McDonald's you walk into. Right. No matter what part of the country you walk into. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, I think I think that, that goes a long way. Mm-hmm. That consistency factor is, is a missed... Uh, you know, misconception restaurant that that's probably one of the most important parts yeah of being successful in a restaurant is you have to be consistent mm-hmm. consistent with your hours uh your staff uh your customers uh mm-hmm. any 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 fast of it just be consistent whether it's good or bad just be consistent yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it's consistently bad yeah. be consistently, be consistently bad. Bad. Right. yeah exactly um so how did you get in i mean i know you're you know your folks at the pizza shop but you know like what did you have a passion for it growing up and working in the shop, or I did, and uh, so I tried. So I went to college. Uh, you, you know, I, I started at Delhi, graduated from Cuca, uh, got a business degree, and I kind of worked. You know, I worked for Casa uh, Imports, okay. food distributor. Uh, I worked for Nextel Partners, which was just down the street from here. Oh, okay. They had a uh, big, great, big uh, brick building right behind oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, for a little, for a year. Uh, also at Raymore Flanagan okay. for a little while. And and uh, I said to myself, well, I've always, you know, it's something always kind of pulled me back towards the food industry. And um, I also told myself, if I'm going to have this kind of stress work for somebody, I might as well get in the food in- industry and uh, work for <laughs> myself. And <laughs> at least I know what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure it's like, you know, uh, working with my dad now who's like back in food, It's there's something... To like something said to be able to call like a family member and talk mm-hmm. about or get advice or whatever the case is, you know. Your dad's Provencal is still one of my favorites. Oh, I, really? I met your dad. Oh, you did? 18, 19, yeah, 18, 19 years ago. Oh, I didn't know I that. I think he might have been, it was probably first one of the first uh, chefs at Francesca's. Yeah, yeah. And I think he helped open that place. He did. So, dad. <laughs> That's when I met him. Oh, really? Yeah. That's wild. He knows, yeah. He knows where I am. Okay. Yeah. Tell him I said hello, by the way. Yeah, yeah. well, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, dad was, oh God, I forget what year that was. I was in high school. Um, it was 2000, 
five or six. Okay. Somewhere around there. Yeah. When I met your dad. Yeah. So I think, I forget, well, you know, the, the, our family and the Angeloros, you know, I think my, my grandfather and their dad did business together way back. Mm -hmm. And, um, so dad was like helping them open. Mm -hmm. And I think the story goes their opening chef left before the restaurant opened or like the first week or something. Correct. And so dad wound up stepping in and, and helping. And I remember going there like a few nights and, and having dinner like in the early, you know, the first couple months. And um, dad, I was, I was, I think I was still in high school. So dad would make this off menu, like um, Jack Daniels butter, uh, you know, compound butter with like, in the, like a steak, a ribeye mm-hmm. or whatever. And I remember thinking, like, I can't believe I'm having liquor, you know. (laughs) But it was, like, one of my favorite things. Um, And I think he got that idea from Balloons out in Auburn because we used to go there sometimes. Uh, They're still around. Balloons is Auburn. Yeah. They're still around. They do a fabulous job. Yeah. There is. They had their waiter, Tony, who was there (laughs) until he was, like, 92 or something like that, waiting tables. I'm nuts. Yeah. So my grandfather was born in Auburn, and he was – he was born inside the prison walls because the prison wall wasn't there at the time. And so... Yeah. <laughs> it was housing? Yeah. I think, yeah. So, and wow. he grew up in... Balloons is right across the street, I think, yeah. from the... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's wild. But, uh, yeah, so we used to go to Balloons every once in a while. And, but, uh, but yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, so Dad was at Francesca's awesome. back in the day. Yeah. That's wild. So were you at Francesca's? I So I'm friends with George and Gary. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Those boys are actually, both of them were in my wedding. Oh, wow. Yeah. So That's we, wild. Yeah. So we still talk to them. Oh, that's um, cool. And Gary runs a place in Liverpool. has a fabulous job out there. Yeah, okay. Francesca's Liverpool. And, and George, obviously, has done a tremendous job in uh, downtown here. Yeah. It's right? It's, it's why it's, uh, you know, I mean, the patio still one of the best patios, I think, you could. Oh, or in the area, right? yeah, for sure. That's what that's what's made that place, and it's yeah. pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do a good so job. They do a good job, yeah. So uh, he's consistent. You know, yeah, that's key. They, he knows what he's doing, doing a good time, a uh, long time, and uh, but yeah, it's uh, he used to. That's a funny story, and I was so I was in a different location than I am now. Okay, we were. Uh, are you familiar? We we, we were next to uh, Subway in yeah. Ballsville, yeah, yeah. A little takeout place, and both. They're twins. Yeah, they'd come out and they'd come in at the end of the night, and we just bust, ch- bust chops. And <laughs> the uh, and, and George would always say, "If I'm going to open up a pizza shop, I'm I'm going to try to model it. And I'm going to learn from you." Oh, really? Well, you know, they've yeah. been doing it a long time. And in yeah. fact, Gary, when he before he opened up, he would come in and uh, and kind of we would talk, you know, for hours. Oh, nice about things. And obviously, he's doing. You know, we're, we're different, but we're we're alike. Yeah. You know, in, in certain ways. So, um, yeah, that's kinda, cool. Yeah, still yeah. friends with those guys. They're great guys. Yeah, for sure. I don't know them too well. Um, I worked at Metro Mattress for like 10 years, mm-hmm. and Gary came in um, and, and bought a mattress from me one night. And um, uh, I remember them from like back, you know, back when my, you know, dad was there, but I don't think he recognized me. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, Francesca's in Liverpool, incredibly busy. Francesca's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. St- sticking in that location and keeping that area, mm-hmm. you know, because you know, God only knows what happened if they were, were if they weren't there, you oh know, today. God. Yeah, right. Yeah, they revitalized that. That seems like gee, he's got a liquor store there at the end of it, yeah. and uh, and uh, they 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 have an Airbnb, which they they put a, a bakery there in between them. Yeah, it's awesome. a fabulous job. I, you really, um, you're right. If that wasn't there, what would that area look like? Right. 
Yeah. You know, you have the hospital there, right? St. Joe's. And yeah. You've done some realization, realization there. But yeah. um, I, I think uh, Francesca's has definitely helped, uh, you know, keep that area looking, yeah. looking decent. Yeah. The, it's just too bad. For sure. I mean, you know, Osti has been gone now for however many years. and Long time. You know, and I think one of the challenges is you have Helio Health with their center, which is right there around the corner, mm-hmm. and it just it brings in, you know, the people that are going there all the time, um, I think, you know, brings in kind of a rough crowd to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because, like, I drive past that a lot. You know, we my wife and I still live on the north side, so I come down Butternut, mm-hmm. which is, like, one of the worst stretches that exists it, in it's, Syracuse. It's, it's crazy. They've been clean. They've. They, I will say, like, you know, I've been on the north side now for eight years driving down Butternut, and this past year is the first time I've ever seen a police presence um, when there's not, like, a violent crime, mm-hmm. you know. So I've seen Syracuse officers just walking a beat on Butternut, that's which so, is that's wonderful. So, that's so important. Oh, my God, yeah. And, uh, you know, that area is, is, is poverty. The, the whole thing is just poverty-ridden. Right. You know, if uh, yeah. if they figure out some way to get rid of poverty and and bring more jobs around it. You know, that's, that's yeah. what it comes down to, really. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, and, yeah. uh, so anytime you, you can add some type of new industry or uh, a restaurant, anything, anything to yeah. bring, right? Anything to revitalize an area. Yeah, for sure. It, it's important. Yeah. So there's there, um, you know, there's some, there's definitely some pockets of Syracuse that are like people are starting to pop up a little bit here and there, you know, buildings that have been empty for years. And, um, you know, I think it's it's harder to see kind of like the larger vision of that kind of stuff when you're in the middle of it, but um, but there's there's places Jefferson Street is starting to get and downtown is starting to get. It's been a lot of empty buildings there for years, and and now there's a couple people that are starting to pop up there. Kofta Burgers going down to the old Brianwell Eatery space, and so hopefully nice. little things like that can uh, can you know help bring back business to a to an area, you know. And so hopefully that starts, hopefully butternut starts to get cleaned up. But yeah, whole like little Italy section, you know, um, there's, there's so many available spaces right there. There are, you know, and, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, you can't have a hundred restaurants, right? Right. Yeah. Different types of industry. And I just don't, uh, yeah, I just don't know, um, uh, you know, what's going to happen. Hope, but yeah. hopefully something. Yeah, for sure. You know? Baldwin's is a great example of, and it's really an anomaly for, you know, it's such a small condensed area, and there's so many restaurants in Baldwin's really and, and a lot of different ones. Right. Right. We have good Mexican. Yeah. You know, we have, now we finally have, uh, Texas, we have barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a couple of Italian places. Yeah. Um, ten pizzerias. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Balls yeah. will eat a lot of pizza. Yeah, for, oh, uh, sure. I, I think you know we've uh, we've we've definitely pizza is definitely the number one food in Baldwinsville. <laughs> I feel like well, it's so easy. You know, yeah. there's so many families and yeah, think about it. Uh, pizza you can grab. You can feed a family of four for twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, I mean, what what, yeah. what food are you going to do that with? Right nowadays, uh, especially exactly. So it's you know, they they've all they all do well. Yeah, I don't think there's any there is a pizza in Baldwinsville that's struggling. Yeah, and they've uh, all been around. Yeah, that's good for a while. Yeah, you know, for which, sure. Which tells you something, right? I mean, yeah, if they weren't doing well, they wouldn't be around. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, you guys, Pizza Man, you know, Gino and Joe's is out there. Oh boys, Doe boys out on the fringe. Um, yeah. Pizza Hut recently closed, but they were there. Okay. Domino's is, yeah. is their franchise, which uh, you know, 
Yeah. There's a mar- there's a market for that. Yeah, for sure. Right. And they're they're open a little later. Yeah. Um and then uh who else? I mean, who else makes pizza out there? There's twin trees out there still. Oh god, yeah. Twin oh, trees god, yeah. is there. Can't, can't forget them. Yeah. Twin trees is there. And then there's, you know, Tassone's has pizza on their menu. Sure. You know. Yeah. Um so yeah, it really is. It's it's pretty interesting. I've been talking there's a uh, Nick Ford. I don't know if you know him from Limp Lizard. I do uh, I do not. Yeah, Nick's a great guy. He's done a great job with yeah. uh, with his places. For oh sure. yeah, him and Chuck are uh, were the three of us are partners with Three One Fried and okay, um, and then they're partners with Pat Mooney and they do like the Wing Fest at the Inner Harbor and that kind of stuff and and I don't know if he reached out to you or not but because uh, he's going to do a pizza and pasta festival this year. Oh, is he? Yeah, he has not reached out. Yeah, yet, but I would love to. I know you're on the it. list. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, they're doing a pizza and pasta festival at the inner Harbor in the summer. I think it's sometime in July. And, um, and so especially talking to him and going through the list, it's amazing. Not only how many different pizzerias there are in Syracuse, Mm -hmm. um, but how many different styles there are, Mm -hmm. you know, nowadays. I mean, we've had like the few Chicago places Mm -hmm. that have popped up and, um, there's Syracuse style pizza. Some people are trying to do New York style, you know. Nowadays, you see people popping up and doing multiple different styles, mm-hmm. you know. Well, you guys have got, you've got your, you know, New York slices, mm-hmm. but then you also do a, a Sicilian style, we do. right? We do. Yeah. Um, which is, which is pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty good, I think. Uh, yeah. You know, be from Sicily, you kind of right. like that. <laughs> that thing. But, but actually, Sicily, you know, you go to pizza and it's, Sicily, they, they actually cook it in wood fire. Uh, most oh, okay. pizzas are cooking wood fire and huh. they crisp, I mean, they yeah. literally, you know, Borderline burn them. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so huh. some people, you know, get turned off by that that char. Yeah. It's it's an acquired. Uh, yeah, for sure. Taste, but um, it's it's a lot different. But this, you know, we call it sfinchuna. Sfinchuna okay. is like the Sicilian the, the Sicilian yeah. that we make here in New York, a okay. thicker square. Yeah. Uh, almost like the upside down. Yeah. You know, cheese on bottom, sauce on top. Yeah. And uh, that's that's a very good within its you know its own right that yeah. some people put sardines on it there yeah turned right. off yeah, <laughs> yeah. You get turned off by that but uh, yeah yeah it's it's totally totally different that's a lot of house made stuff yeah but yeah Sicilian pizza is good I think I mean if anybody should should know a thing or two about Sicilian pizza I think it yeah, should so, be yeah, yeah, right. Right. <laughs> that's right that's right. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty funny. You, that should be part of your marketing. That should, you're 100 percent right. Yeah, that right. should be. Yeah. Shift it all. And say, hey, you want Sicilian pizza? You got to eat from a guy who's born in Sicily. Yeah, for sure. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I've been getting into making pizza a lot at home lately, and I got into it during the pandemic, and I was trying to do, you know, we've got a baking steel, and just trying to do like sort of a New York style at the house, and then. Um, over the past few months, so I've really been getting into Detroit style and grandma style and, you know, the pans and all that kind of stuff. And, and then I just picked up Tony G's Pizza Bible. So I've been going through his dough recipes, and it's, a, it's so much fun to make pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's, it can be incredibly frustrating because I'm doing, like, two-day ferments on the dough. So you don't, you don't really know if you've made a mistake until – I mean, you sort of can – a little bit, but you really don't know if you made a mistake or like little tweaks until 48 hours later. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because people don't realize that temperature, water, uh, climate, uh, temperature, temp, but yeah. the yeast, you know, can all play part oh, yeah. in your dough. Yeah. Right. If it's cold outside mm-hmm. and you use the sand and you use the cold water, 
it's it's not going to rise as quick. Yeah. Right. So you have to balance that. It, it, there's a lot of balance, and it's it's a little like a, bit, a little bit of chemistry. Yeah. Into making dough, mm-hmm. making it right mm-hmm. all the time, and uh, that that part is a challenge. You know, your your dough time mixing. Uh, uh, you can't you can't overmix, mm-hmm. or you some people you know some people believe in a twelve minute, yeah mix right. It all depends on the crust you're going for. Right. You know, some people go six, mm-hmm. you know, eight, whatever you know, whatever you do. We always said just be consistent. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, I was. Um I went through like the YouTube journey of going through and trying to find all these different people talking about this is my recipe for Detroit or Grant or whatever the hell it was. And um, there's this one, I still don't know how this guy got his results, but there's this one video, you know, he's making a single batch at home in a stand mixer. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, mix it for 10 minutes with your dough hook and then you don't have to worry about kneading it yourself. So I'm like, all right, so that's what I did. And because usually I would just do everything by hand and then do like a slap and fold it for you know, a two hour period before it goes in the fridge. And um, so I did this guy's method and it just felt off. Like the dough when I was pulling it out, I was like, something doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is. And sure enough, two days later, I go to pull it out to put it in the pan to let it proof. And it just rips right apart. As soon as I grab it, it just rips. There's no elasticity mm-hmm. to it at all. And uh, talking to a couple other guys, uh, you know, like Nick from Toss and Fire, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, you overmixed it. Mm-hmm. It's like 10 minutes at home. A single batch is not, that's way too long, mm-hmm. you know, so. But it worked for this guy. You it know, worked, yeah. It doesn't necessarily, you have to find your own. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, and, and it depends on the type of flour you use. Yeah. You know, if you're using a, a general bread flour or mm-hmm. using a high gluten, right? It, what, what kind, it's, it, again, there's so many different. Oh, yeah. Very, you know, if you're using a semolina. Yeah. Some people mix. If you're not, um, that stuff comes with, with with years of experience, I think, just yeah. playing around with different stuff, and you'll find it. Yeah. You know, you'll find something you like. and Yeah, for sure. Just, wait, just stick with it and yeah. keep going, you know? Yeah. It's fun. It's I a lot know, of it's fun. It's a lot of fun, yeah. Yeah. It can, can be. Yeah. With the restaurant, with Through and Fried, I, you know, there's, I mean, we spent two and a half, three months, you know, just kind of thinking through, like, different recipes, different methods, and even just kind of like the, the breading of the chicken. And, you know, we spent... I spent a lot of time just trying to research and figure out different methods of it, and then me and Nick and Chuck spent two or three days in in a kit in one of their kitchens, just like kind of testing out the different methods, and then still tweaking things and and adjusting it. And there's there's it's really hard to explain like the the sense of joy of like spending that much time trying to figure something out, trying to find like the best way to make food implement like testing it out implementing something and then making that and sending it out to a customer mm-hmm. there's really something unique about uh about that that i haven't really found in and you know photography videography all that kind of stuff you know there i've still haven't found that feeling of putting in a lot of effort and making food for somebody and then seeing them enjoy it mm-hmm. there's something special about it mm-hmm. you know um yeah i think that's that's what uh you know keeps keeps us going in the restaurant business, the ones that really truly enjoy it. Yeah. Passion is uh, when you get a really busy night mm-hmm. and uh, you see a lot of happy faces out in the dining room. Yeah. You know, and that that's, it's a feeling I can't describe. It's, it's makes you feel good. Yeah. Right. Like you've added value in somebody's life. You've, you've made them smile mm-hmm. through your food. Yeah. And that, that to me is, is a lot. You yeah. Know, you can't put a price tag on that. Right. Right. And, uh, 
both my wife and I feel that way. I mean, they come from restaurant background, Bangkok. Remember Bangkok? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. They yeah. had that for 20 years. Yeah, that's and wild. Their food was tremendous, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, Thai food's underrated, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very good. Yeah. I was thinking about that actually this morning because um, she's cousins with Sarah. Yeah. 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 And um, and Sarah and and you know her firecracker yeah, yeah. Um, you know they're on the card so I've I've done some stuff with Sarah and um, I don't know if you know Eamon Lee well yeah you must know Eamon Lee um, through Meow he's um, he so he was he's like a legacy chef in in Central New York he was at um, oh man I always forget the name of the the country club that's down or not the country club the private club that's downtown um, Calvary. No. no, he's there now. Oh, is he um, Calvary now? Yeah. I actually don't know. Um, so Eamon was like, you know, I, I've always said if, if there's a Mount Rushmore of chefs in, Sarah, in Central New York, mm-hmm. Eamon's probably one of the four heads. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was at Maine's and he was at Cisco. And I think he was the corporate chef at Maine's for years. Okay. Um, and he was he was a big part of the reason why, like, they brought in, um, uh, oh, God, now I'm blanking on that chef's name. This is what sucks about getting old. I forget everything. <laughs> You're not my wife old, still man. doesn't believe me. You're not old. <laughs> my wife still doesn't believe me that like I, I'm losing my hearing and my memory, and you know half of our half of our like nightly arguments are about like what'd you say, <laughs> you know? or I forgot about that. Um, uh, Thirty-seven is. I mean, listen. You know, I can't say much. Oh, you man, know, you're about to be forty-nine. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Sarah, um, her first kitchen job, she told me, was working in, with for Max. Yep. And yep. I love grass. Yeah. yeah. And she was very good place. Yeah, because they've got the share. They had the shared kitchen, mm-hmm. and she was working next to Eamon Lee, and then Jared, who now owns Saint Urban, that you know just moved gotcha. down in New okay. York City. So yeah. you know, her first kitchen job is next to these two. Fabulous. It's insane. Fabulous chefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't imagine, you know, what that experience was worth, you know, a dollar amount. You oh talk about, you know, being in a kitchen next to people like that. Um, yeah, you can't put a price tag on that. You know, no. You're learning from guys that, that really, you know, wear it on their sleeves, right? Their passion is through the roof. And yeah. This is the best way to, I, I think it's the best way to learn. It's tough. You, you, yeah. can, go, you, could, you can go to culinary school. Mm-hmm. They could teach you some stuff. Um, and, you know, there's different culinary schools, right? CIA is one of the better ones. But I still don't think uh, that you get the, you know, the, you, you will become as good as when if you work to a guy who's really talented. Oh, yeah. Or a girl, you, you know, guy or girl, whoever's. Yeah. It's the, the passion will teach you. It's like anything, I think. It's mm-hmm. like in the trades. I mean, you can learn, you know, you can go to trade school. Yeah. But you're going to learn on the field much better than you would in school. You'll learn the basics in school. Oh, for sure. So we had a guy we had um, up at the restaurant when we first opened, we had the, you know, restaurant manager, line cook, and we tried to come up with different specials every week. And so as a way to, instead of me just trying to come up with different specials um, and a way to kind of like get the staff involved and incentivize them, we would pay them. We'd say, you come up with a special and we'll pay you like a, a dollar for every sandwich that we sell that week. Mm-hmm. And, so it's up to you guys to, you know, come up with the idea, figure out what we have to buy, you know, coordinate with me. I'll come in and photograph it and post it and get everything going. And, and so one of the ones that they did was a, a chicken Caesar chicken sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy out of the box, but it was it was really simple. It was the, the guy we had at the time. It was a fried chicken sandwich with romaine lettuce and Romano cheese sprinkled on top and Caesar dressing. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yeah, Simple. Right. Sure. Um, six months later, we had a new... Uh, he had moved on to a different opportunity, so we had this new guy come in who been in line, been in kitchens in Syracuse for like 30 years, you know, drinking problem, you know, the whole nine, right? Like if there was a poster child for career line cook, line cook. this here, was the guy, right? And, but incredibly talented. Mm-hmm. The wealth of knowledge this guy has when it comes to food and operations and, and I mean, it just insane. Mm-hmm. Like he comes in cleanest kitchen I've ever seen organized, you know, just whatever. And, uh, and so I asked him, I was like, Hey, we're, you know, this is what we do for the chicken sandwiches. Like, you know, you come up with a special, same, same deal. Right. So one of the first things he says is let's do a chicken Caesar one. I was like, okay. I was like, we've already done it, but, and he comes up with like, you know, roasting his own red peppers and, you know, making his own cheese for it and making his own dressing. And I mean, it's just, Totally it's different level. Completely different level. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see, you know, two different cooks. I mean, granted, you know, five years on the, you know, on the line versus 30. But those two different iterations, both were delicious, but just the 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 wealth of knowledge that he had with food and mm-hmm. what could go into it yeah. just absolutely blew me away. Experience is tough, you know, just tough tough thing to replicate. Yeah. Right? Right. You, you have it, you either have it or you don't. Yeah one of that right you, yeah. know, you, you have to it takes time to develop experience and yeah um so it's yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna learn a lot from somebody like that oh for sure yeah yeah and i think when it comes to operations especially in a restaurant um and you know organization on a line you're never yeah you can't beat that experience mm-hmm. yeah with somebody um all right so having the having the restaurant for 22 years yep. i mean What's it like? I mean, what's been, I mean, you know, I, I'd imagine I kind of know some of the answers, but, you know, what have been those changes you've noticed in the industry over 22 years? Oh, God. Um, it's uh, quality of, of help has been a little bit tougher to come by. We, we've been pretty fortunate in uh, retaining staff that we have, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, but you're one of two, you know, you're, you're one or two people away from just, you know, you know total... Mm-hmm. Very big struggle, right? Mm. You lose two key people yeah. on the line. How do you replace them mm-hmm. right now? Uh, you, you know, you're not getting people knocking on doors uh, to come and work at your restaurant. Let's face it. Yeah. I think we all in the same. We're all in the same struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with uh, with some of the bigger places coming like Amazon, mm-hmm. um, and that was you know that was one of our concerns at the time. I'm sure being in the industry, they're going to take a lot of our yeah. Right. Right. In that pay range. Yeah, for sure. And take a lot of employment pool, mm-hmm. and uh, that's <clears throat> so that's been that's been a challenge. Um, you know, my wife's texting me, "Or uh, hey, we need to post another ad. We need a dishwasher." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I, you know, and I understand why. I, you right. know, But uh, there's it's a, a tough job. Yeah, it's a tough job, and you know, it's uh, it's not the easiest job in the world, and and it's a very important job. Yeah, but uh, uh, that's that's like uh, if I show you her text, I mean, it's got to be every other <laughs> every other week uh, occurrence. You know, when we yeah. find one, we we try to hold on to them and try to pay them a little bit better. Because um, the last thing you do is you can't the guys that are getting beat up on the line, you can't have them wash their own dishes. I mean, yeah. just, you, you know, you're not going to have anybody. Right. 
So yeah. th- that that part's that part's been a challenge, but you know, and, and food cost. Obviously, you've seen mm-hmm. the you know the inflation the last five years. Yeah, uh, has been uh, has been quite you know quite extensive because it's from five years ago. If you look at some of the items to now, it's like man, how, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just can't. How do you price yourself? Yeah, right. Yeah. You have to be competitive at the same time, you, you know. So um, that that part's been a challenge. Mm-hmm. But I think, the, you know, the industry itself, I mean, I don't think the restaurant industry is going anywhere. Right. I think it's an industry that's going to be around to figure it out. Yeah. Maybe, maybe robotics and some, mm-hmm. you know, may take over. Yeah. Um, maybe. But I don't think a robot can, you know, can taste Right. A certain dish, right? Yeah, for sure. Somebody, you know, it may need an extra pinch. You know, it, it's tough, right. right? The robot knows X's and O's. It's, it's tough to have that gray area. Yeah. So I think it's always going to be a human-run yeah. industry. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't think the industry itself is going anywhere. Right. Yeah, I don't think, um, I mean, when it comes to, like, automation and, you know, artificial intelligence, yeah, I can't see a restaurant like Sal's, you know, has such a diverse... You know, you've got the pizza section, you've got the dining room section, now you've got the new bar section, yeah. right, which looks gorgeous. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you're not going to be able to put, like, an, at least not in the next, like, five, ten years, I don't think, then, like a robot in there that's going to be doing stuff. Um, you know, and that can, like, jump around, you know. And if you can, I think that opens up just a world of jobs on the other end of you know, the menu development and, you know, kind of, you know, that science of getting everything mm-hmm. dialed in. But I think there's still going to be, at least hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't change until I'm long gone, yeah. you know, a world where people appreciate the craftsmanship and the artistry of of making even something as simple as, you know, pasta and meatballs mm-hmm. over, I can get it a minute faster and save three bucks, you know. Right. Um you know, it is it's it is wild to think though how many different things. I mean, ChatGPT, which is the dumbest version it's ever going to be right now, mm-hmm. which is still one of the most intelligent automated systems it's available crazy. to I mean, us. You could tell it to write me a menu or yeah. or uh, come up with a marketing idea for this, and boom. Yeah. I mean, it just it's crazy. It it just spits out a plethora of information. It's stuff that it, you know. It's it's definitely changing. Yeah. All right. It, that. It's insane. But it's not going to cook for you. It's not going <laughs> to cook okay. for you, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I was having it test out different menus and come up with different specials. And, you know, I could type in and say, I'm opening up an American barbecue restaurant in New York. I need a dinner menu with appetizers and entrees and desserts and cocktails. And, you know, here's the ingredients that I'm going to have available. And bam. You know, or um, I was at when I was at Limp last year for helping out for a couple months. I was like, hey, you know, here's the list of ingredients and I need a new barbecue sauce flavor. And here's five different options and five different recipes for it using everything that's in the kitchen. Um, it's insane. I use it. I use it. I was using it last night for to write email marketing, you know, and or, you know, here's what I wrote for my email. Can you make it better? And then. You know, you get something that is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, And so, and I think it's, you know, it's definitely, that's going to revolutionize a lot of areas. Um, It already is Mm -hmm. in, you know, health and medical fields and um, gambling. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. I follow this guy who 
Actually, I just had to unfollow him because I was following him too closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy who uses ChatGPT to analyze player props and you know outcomes of games and and then spit out the best you know you know results of what they think are going to happen for the upcoming game for not like over unders or win loss, but just hey, this player had you know this results over the last mm-hmm. season or whatever. So we think he's going to do this, and the guy was. Correct, 17 out of 18 weeks wow. in the NFL. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's it's wow. crazy, the availability for anybody, like, it's on our it's phone. It's on our phone. It's an app, right? Right. It's, it's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's insane what this stuff can do. Um, and, you know, here in the next, like, year when it's, like, up to date with accurate information, it's going to be, it's going to be really wild. Yeah, wait till five years. Oh. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. There, so there is, a, I don't know if you've heard of this, there is, and I forget who was telling me about it, um, there's a an AI web uh, service where um, you have to you have to do a lot of work in the on the front end because you have to import from all your suppliers that you use, like, you know, if, you know, Cisco calls it, you know, whatever, white flower number five, mm-hmm. and Renzi calls it, you know, beige flower number mm-hmm. five, right? You have to, like, sync all those things up, but... Once you do that, you go you go to this website and you place your order, and then it accurately says, "All right, Cisco is going to save you two percent this week," and it places the order for you. That's it's funny because Toast does something similar. Do they really? Chef, Toast has a uh, has a program in it called Chef Toast. Okay. So if you put all your you know every week you put your uh, your your order in, for yeah. example. So you get an invoice from Cisco, or you get an invoice from Casa, which mm-hmm. is Ferraro now. Yeah, right. Uh, or U.S. Foods, and uh, you scan those in. Hmm. It actually will tell you who has the best price on flour, who has the best price on cheese. Who has? I mean, it's just that's crazy. Yeah, they will do that for you. So Toast does have a, a similar. That's wild program. Yeah, that you could do. Yeah, Chef Toast is what it's called. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were talking about food costs and that kind of stuff earlier. I think, you know, I'm, and, uh, food costs have obviously gone up uh, in some cases quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but I think it's more like the, it's there, it's the transportation mm-hmm. and it's the cost of that employee and that warehouse worker and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, you know. It's, um, you know, the, a lot of the people I talk to, it's like, what, you know, the biggest thing, like you were saying, it's staffing mm-hmm. and it's what we, you know, what you have to pay staff. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody was just telling me they had a, a they just hired this server who had just moved here from somewhere in the south, mm-hmm. and he got his first paycheck. And he went to the owner. And was like, "Hey, I think you made a mistake. You overpaid me." And he, the owner looked at it. And he was like, "No, that's accurate." He's like, "You're paying me nine dollars an hour as a server, mm-hmm. on top of." He's like, "I just wherever he just moved from, it was like two ten an hour. It was like their minimum wage for yeah. servers, you know." And uh, and he, the guy was like ecstatic because he's yeah. making so much more yeah. money. Yeah. That's, it's insane. Cost of living is a little bit higher, I'm sure. Yeah, in some oh, places, yeah, right? for sure. But, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, that that that's I think that's the most challenging part. Yeah, of the restaurant business is keeping your cost under control. Right. Yeah. Right. Knowing what uh, every week, knowing what you're paying for food, mm-hmm. right? Staying on top of that, keeping your payroll consistent. Yeah. You know, try not to. You know, when it's slow, the restaurant is uh, restaurant industry is like a roller coaster ride. Mm-hmm. You have highs and lows. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have your holiday season, which are very busy. 
right? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to. And then your first two weeks in January is a little bit of a lull. Yeah. You know, February's a short month. There's a little bit of a lull there as well. Yeah. But you, you have to keep your cost under control yeah. in order to survive. You, you have to know what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, because if you let those costs uh, spiral out of control, you're not going to be around long. All right. And hence, one, <clears throat> one of the harder industries to maintain it's just not a role you know it's not a it's not just like a sit back and let the business run itself yeah if you do that you won't be around long right yeah you really won't yeah you know, that's 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 reality there was a guy last story and i'll let you get going there was a guy who uh big youtuber real estate broker he's out of vegas and and he's always trying to find he's always like talking about businesses that he's going to start because he owns like 200 and re, you know rental investment properties mm-hmm. around the country and so he was telling the story in a video. A friend of his was was trying to decide. He was like, "I want to start a business, and I want to like, I want to start a business that I can open and buy an existing business, and just kind of hire a good manager, and then just walk away and make some money." And so he was going back and forth. And this, I think, was in Vegas. He was going back and forth between a dry cleaners mm-hmm. and a frozen yogurt shop, mm-hmm. and he wound up going with the frozen yogurt <laughs> shop and. The rest of the story, you can imagine how bad it went, you know, just about how there is no, it's not, you know, passive income. No of Just way. hire a manager <laughs> and and let them run it and you just sit back and collect your 10%, you know. That's not how food service works. No way. <laughs> it's the furthest thing. Yeah. So, well, listen, thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Yeah. It's been a long time wanting to have you on, so yeah, appreciate it. And, um... Everybody's listening or watching. First of all, get out to Beeville, check out Sal's. And Baldensville Dining Weeks is coming up the 29th of January through the 11th. Mm-hmm. So two weeks, 16 different restaurants mm-hmm. participating. It's amazing. Yeah, fifth year doing it. I mean, the community of... You know, I'm part of the owner's text group in Baldensville, and, and they're always giving each other a heads up awesome. what's going on. Mm-hmm. And... I have not found that anywhere else in any other town or community in Syracuse or central New York. I think Baldwinsville is one of the tighter net communities in this area. Crazy. And uh, it, it really is a special place. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So get out there and support local in Beeville. So thanks, Al. Appreciate Thank you it. very much. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the Eat Local New York podcast. Make sure to connect with us online at eatlocalnewyork.com, where you can find the video version of all the podcasts over on our YouTube channel and linked right through our website. You can pick up your Eat Local New York cards. That way you can save $5 whenever you spend $25 at more at over 150 restaurants all across New York State. Don't forget, baldensilldiningweeks.com if you want more information on Beville Dining Weeks. And special shout-out to our sponsor over at Brown Carbonic. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We're going to catch you back here next week for a brand new episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm -hmm.